Hey there, Disney files. Thanks for tuning in. Just a little warning that whilst we like to keep things bright and light here at Dissecting Disney Ditties, occasionally we do drop in a bad word or two. So if you're listening at home or in the car with the kidlets, you might want to listen to this later. Enjoy. Before we begin our recording today, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we gather, the Wurundjeri, Wolverong and the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. When you What have we here? Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Dissecting Disney Ditties. I'm your friendly neighborhood stackers, and I am thrilled to be back after quite a long break. I've been doing a show and I was deathly unwell, and now I'm back. I'm alive, baby. And not only am I back, I'm bringing back one of my favorite guests on the show. It's Gentile. Hey, how you doing, stackers? <laughs> I'm alive, I'm alive. I'm so alive. Uh, makes one of us. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm good too. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, folks, about the break. I was on a roll and then uh, I just I just wasn't. But I, I'm back and I have a few... A um, few more shows lined up, but I'm really, really excited today to be uh, looking at one of my favorite, favorite Disney movies turned musicals, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. For those of you who are new, welcome to the show on this podcast. I am attempting to find out what is the best Disney song. In season one, myself and my co-host Will looked through every Disney animated feature film in sequential order to work out what the best Disney song was out of that canon. And now in season two, myself and a range of awesome guests are looking at what is the best Disney song that was written specifically for a I want to say a Broadway staging, but that's where I get stuck here because this didn't go to Broadway. No. But a a live musical adaptation of one of these films. Yes. 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 Um, so how you been, Big J? Hey, I've been great. Um, well, yeah, good. <laughs> I've been great. Yeah, well, good. Uh, no, I have been great. Uh, You've been on just a got book. back. Yeah, just got back from a cruise, <laughs> a seven-day cruise, and went out to Vanuatu, so that was awesome. Put a smile back on my face for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just for a little bit. Back to reality. Um, oh, oh, I'm in a mood. Yeah. I'm in a mood. <laughs> oh, take it away. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, back to work tomorrow. So Gross. Not looking forward to that. Gross. Yeah, mm. it's nice to have a public holiday to do these things. In saying that, I do love my job, so... I am looking forward to but not looking forward to In case your boss it. is listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay, so talk yeah. to me about your experience with The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Well, this is going to be a quick one. Zero percent. Zero percent knowledge before watching this uh, of Hunchback of Notre Dame, except I must – I did listen to your podcast, so I do have some knowledge, I should say, but I've never seen it before. Yeah. haven't seen the cartoon. Um so, or the movie, whatever you want to call it. I feel it. so weird calling them yeah, cartoons. Yeah, um, Animation. Animated feature. Did, yes. Yep. Um, so I really don't have anything to go on. I thought it would be an interesting way to look at this one because because I don't have that previous knowledge. Mm. I don't have a preconceived idea of what's going on. Yeah. Um, so it's, I'm going to give you what the truth a is really from raw, seeing it honest, first. Yeah, yeah that's look, right. Which yeah. is cool. And I think um, this this musical... 
I mean, because the the musical is based so much heavier on the book than mm. the film, mm. it's kind of like just seeing a musical that's based on a book, if that makes sense. You know, yeah, like right. You don't yeah, have yeah. to go in knowing the film no. um, because you're going to get so much information the film never gave you anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. So um, before we jump into the nitty-gritty of this show, let's kick off with our favourite segment. And I think I left the recipe card on my phone, which is in the kitchen. I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm back. Okay, so today I have made for our enjoyment on this very, very hot day, the Notre Dame pick-me-up cocktail. Everyone needs a pick-up. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find a jazzy version of Hunchback of Notre Dame to go mm. under here, but we'll try. Okay. I believe this is to make multiple drinks because this is not <laughs> for one drink, but this is what we did. One shot of vodka, one shot of light rum, two shots of orange juice, a teaspoon of powdered sugar, and a shot of triple sec. And then you stir, you stir that together. Yes. And yeah. you end up. Not shake. Oh, did I say you top it with ginger ale? You top it Not with yet. ginger ale. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So bottoms up. Let's see if it picks us up. I just got like a big mouthful of ginger ale too. Like, oh yeah, now I taste it. Oh, it's um, it's interesting. It is. I really don't like ginger ale. I don't like ginger ale and orange juice together. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's not really the taste I'm going for. Um, <laughs> That's all I can taste. No, I I think there's a little bit of alcohol in there, but it's um, yeah, it's definitely going to pick you up because you're sort of like, okay, it's not, it's not undrinkable. I actually like that better than some of the other stuff I've made, Mm. but it does remind me of when you go to like Boost Juice and you order an orange juice or you know Mm. something with orange in it, and you decide I'm going to be healthy, and you get the shot of ginger. And it's just, it tastes like regret. Oh, <laughs> healthy regret. Yeah, healthy regret indeed. <laughs> I'd pass on that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There is so much to talk about with this show because um, I love it. So let's jump yes. into. Amazing. Okay, so this is a really interesting um, show to talk about because it never went to Broadway. Instead, it did lots of other strange things. Mm. So I'll give you the, the basic stats first. Yep. The Hunchback of Notre Dame, the musical, opened in 1999 in Berlin, Germany and ran for three years. Berlin. Berlin. In 2014, it moved to the La Jolla Playhouse in San Diego and then in 2015, it moved to the Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey, which is the version we watched. Yeah, yeah. It closed in 
on April 5th, 2015. So it opened at the paper mill in March 4th and closed on March 5th, uh, on April 5th. Sorry, it lasted a month. Yep. Music is by the fantastic Alan Menken and lyrics are by Wicked Man Stephen Schwartz. Yay. Yay. (laughs) So... I'm kind of splitting my stats here. The mm. director of the Germany iteration was James Lapine, as in Into the Woods, oh, James Lapine. Wow. And the Paper Mill version, and uh, I believe the Lajola Playhouse version as well, was directed by Scott Schwartz, son of Stephen Schwartz. Wow. Mm. That's a leg in. Yeah, it's a big leg in, isn't it? <laughs> That's it's not bad. a foot, it's a leg in the door. It's also That's... a lot of pressure, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I would hate that. I would hate to be, you know. Um, You're the only so- there because your dad's. <laughs> the son of Bill Gates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not smart. Jeez, <laughs> 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 not as smart as his father, is he? Yeah, <laughs> I like painting. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Okay, in the cast, and now this is the, the American cast, yep. we have Michael Arden as Quasimodo. Michael fucking Arden mm. was Quasimodo. Do you know who Michael Arden is? No. Okay, so Michael Arden is a Tony Award-winning director. Oh. So he won Best Director this year for the revival of Parade. Wow. Yes. He also directed the Deaf West version of Spring Awakening. Yeah. He also directed the Broadway revival of Once on This Island, which I believe he was nominated for a Tony Award for as well. Wow. He's the original Peter in the off-Broadway iteration of Bear. But Jason, what role do I play? Am I a saviour or a phase? Am I here to damn you or to help you navigate this maze? We're conf- right. Which is cool. And do I have any other things on him? No, but I just... I looked at his name and I thought, I feel like I know that, but not as an actor. And yeah, he's a massive director. Wow. Which is very So cool. this is who we watched. Is that who yeah, we watched? That's who yeah, that's who we yeah. watched, yeah. He was amazing. Incredible too. actor, incredible oh, singer, and yeah. also apparently incredible director. Director, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now choreography next. Uh. Yeah. And I think they are they're they're currently filming Spring Awakening or they're gonna release a film version of Spring Awakening. And I'm so mad it's not the Deaf West. Mm. version because if you've seen any clips from that it is stunning Mm. that's crazy yeah okay i'm just really blown away by that uh as cloud frollo we've got patrick page patrick page that's better thank you (laughs) so speaking of deaf west spring awakening he was the adult man in that yes there you go yeah complete the circle Uh, most famously he's probably hades in hades town hey little songbird give me a song I'm a busy man, and I can't stay long. Which I got to see live. Ooh, oh, did you? So oh, good. man. So good. Uh, you might also know him as Jacob Marley in Spirited. Ye shall find no sleep tonight. No, this is not a dream. Did you see that, that Christmas movie with Will Farrell and... I did see that, yes. Where is it? He's an elf. Is he? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. No, so I saw that. Yeah. But not that movie. Is it Will Ferrell? Am I thinking? Yeah, Will Ferrell and. um, and, uh, Am I mixing up Elf and Spirited? No. No, it's not Will Ferrell. It's not. Yeah, it's Ryan Reynolds. And? Ryan Reynolds and. Who's the one that does the song about cusp words with him? It's Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Is it Will Ferrell? Yes. There you go. Oh, right. 
Yeah, my brain. I thought I was describing Elf. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, it's it's easy to do. It's the same both premise, Christmas though, things. isn't it? They're both. Does Ryan Reynolds think he's an elf, or does <sighs> he just work in the Christmas lab? I look. I'm going to admit it. I switch off in Christmas movies. <laughs> oh, I I was not a fan of this. My movie. my wife loves them, and I switch off. <sighs> anyway, he was Jacob Marley. <laughs> you might also know him as Octavius Kratt in Chicago. Swore everyone would blame him and that you could easily frame him, but your plot was all for naught. Please tell me you've watched. I've watched. Oh, no, not yet. I've watched. Um, Schmigadoon. Schmigadoon. I'm, I started Chicago last week. I didn't love Schmigadoon. Right. But I loved Chicago. Oh, right. Okay. I think more. Is like, that- I know, I know the golden age of musicals, but yeah. this was just I thought so good because it's all the like candor and Ebb and yeah. um, early Schwartz and Hair and um, God, what else is in there? There's a lot of you know cabaret in Chicago, obviously in there. Yes, yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's so dark and Titus Burgess is in it. Yes, he is. And obviously Patrick Page is in it, and oh, it's just so good. Uh, he was also infamously Norman Osborn <laughs> in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. If you're looking for a night out on the town, you just found me. I'm a $65 million circus tragedy. Opposite, Reef Carney, yeah. who's just about to leave Hadestown. He's currently playing um, Orpheus. Yeah. So, yeah, Patrick Page. We love him. We yes. love him. And rather perfect casting for this role, I think. Oh, it, it, yes, definitely. Like you can just feel the, I, I, like, you know, that evil, mm. it, you get that real evil feeling from him. Like, Oh, he's creepy The darkness well. is what I'm the word I'm looking for. Yeah. You really feel that darkness. Really, really dark. And it's. It's so much darker than the film and I live for it. Mm. I think it's so great. Mm. In the role of Esmeralda, we have Ciara Renee, who I knew before this as the witch in Big Fish. Yes. What's your concern? Are you scared of hearing one thing new? When you could learn something secret that could help you through. In one good turn, I can show you counterfeit from true. She's great. She's uh, so these are the two roles she's originated. She's also she was a replacement um, for Elsa in Frozen for a while, oh. and she was meant to go back to do that, but then COVID cancelled the show, and because Frozen wasn't doing well, they never brought it back. Mm. And the other role she's covered is Jenna in Waitress. She was Jenna for a while. Oh, yeah, but I I really like her. I think a lot of people will also recognise her because when you look up, no one will bruise by Matthew. Lee Robinson, mm. she's, I think, the most popular video of, her, like, you can watch her singing it at some concert and it's oh, just right. absolutely stunning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah, big love for her. Right. And uh, who else have we got in this cast? We've got Andrew Samonsky as Phoebus. And we've got Eric Lieberman as Kloppen or Klippan or Klopp. Clopping. Uh, he was Revlon in Warpaint opposite Patti LuPone. Women of America, we challenge you to take Revlon's questionnaire and see how you compare. Do women in sable excite you? Do you close your eyes when you're kissed? Do you hope the next man you meet is a psychiatrist? 
Would you wear a sheet and nothing beneath without thinking twice? Do you have the daring to try fire and ice? Fire and ice. And he was also telephone guy in the band's visit, which got him a lot of attention. In my dreams, my beloved lies beside me. When the sun lights the room, I find it so. I think he's great. This is Cloppin. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's great. He's so fun. Yeah. I reckon, yeah, he's um, very animated. Yeah. Yeah, it's Ah, really good. He suits the role. He is very fun. And then there's a whole bunch of other roles that were in the German production that got cut. Let's look at awards. Yeah, okay. Tony, 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 Tony. So this is, again, this is going to be different because there's no drama desk and there's no Tonys because it never went to... Broadway and there's no mm. Olivier Awards and never went to mm. London. So instead we're going to talk about the Golden Europa. Ah, uh, the German version, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It won Best Musical there. Yes. Mm. Well deserved. And I would really like to see that version. I'd really like to mm. see James Lapine's direction of that show. In uh, San Diego, it was nominated and won a couple of things for the San Diego Theatre Critics Award. Yep. It was nominated for Outstanding... Resident Musical, nominated for Outstanding Musical Direction. Thank you. It won Outstanding Featured Male for Patrick Page. Excellent. It won Outstanding Lightning for Hal Binkley. Yep. It won Outstanding Scenic Design for Alex Dodge. Not a lot of competition that year. And Mm. it was nominated nominated for Outstanding Direction for Scott Scott. Schwartz. Imagine being drunk and trying to tell the cops what your name oh, is. Scott Schwartz. I love you, officer. Scott Schwartz. My name's Scott Schwartz. Oh, God. <laughs> Say your name ten times. Scott Schwartz. Scott Schwartz. Scott Schwartz. Scott Schwartz. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. okay. The, uh, the extended version of my stats and my notes that I've taken. Here we go. So we're going to start in Germany. Right. So there was a bunch of talks and planning around moving the Lion King to Berlin. And that fell through for some reason. And so Disney said, well, how about we give you Hunchback of Notre Dame instead? And this broke the tradition of this company. Um, They always took like uh, successful Broadway shows and put them on. They'd never premiered. A, oh, right. a show yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. So this was a risk. It was first rehearsed in English and then it was translated to German. Very interesting. Yeah. It ran for 1,204 performances and it is one of Berlin's longest running musicals to wow. this date. Yeah. Super when successful. Did it, when did it close? Because you, you say it opened in 99. It ran for three years from 99. <laughs> so, yeah, it opened wow. in 2001. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is the first Disney musical to premiere outside of the US and the book was by James Lapine. So I mentioned before Into the Woods. So he wrote the book for Into the Woods, Passion and Falsettos. James Lapine's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So when I saw he directed this, what? The names in this are insane. That's crazy. In 2013 they announced it was going back to Broadway but they were going to put in a new book. So the 
the version we saw is not the book by James Lapine. Oh. Again, this is why I want to see the German version. Yeah, yeah. Because I have a feeling, just thinking about Into the Woods, it would have been like this version's dark. It'd be darker. But I think it'd sure. be darker. I think they would have fucked off all the American humor. Could you imagine it in German too? Like oh, be f- terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Uh, so the new book is by Peter Parnell. Yeah. And they first licensed it to the King's Academy School to put the show back into English. Okay. Yes. They gave it to a school and <laughs> said, adapt this show in English. To England. And they said, okay. And so this school put it on first. This is before we've opened, by the way, in oh, wow. America. Yeah. So they, this school put it on and the student that was cast as Quasimodo, his name was Josh Strickland. And he went to D23. So every year Disney has like these big massive conventions where they um, release, you know, new material. This is what's coming up. This is a new movie. This oh, is yep, blah, yep. blah, blah. And he sang Made of Stone. And then his name is also on the Tarzan list because he originated the role of Tarzan on Broadway after Oh, that. really? Yeah. Wow. Pretty fucking cool. That's very cool. Yes. So, and great, yeah. Yeah. So in 2014 it moved to the La Jolla Playhouse and the choir that they used was a local choir called the Sacra Pofana yep. and that was a massive choir. I think there's like 50 people in that. Yeah. And then in 2015 it moved to the Paper Mill and they used the Continuo Art Symphonic Chorus and from what I could see there's about 30 people in that. So I think it was a little bit smaller than the La Jolla <clears throat> version in terms of the chorale. Yeah. And this is also... It's like four sections, right? Yeah. This is also a big reason why I didn't get to Broadway, but we'll get there. What I'm really, really interested in, more so than the version we saw, is the 2016 version, which was put on by the Music Circus in Sacramento. Now, in the book, Quasimodo is deaf and they kind of reference it in in the show. He goes, I can't hear very well because of the the bells. In the book, he's completely deaf. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the bells have deafened him. So in 2016, yeah. Music Circus cast a deaf actor as Quasimodo. Wow. And they had one of the gargoyles kind of shadow him, similar to how they do things in um, the Deaf West Spring Awakening. And sing for and, him. And sang for him. And there's a clip on YouTube, I'll put it on what? our socials, of out there. And it is, I get chills thinking about it. It's That's incredible so cool. to watch. And it's kind of what I wish all productions would do moving forward because. Yeah. It makes so – I think it makes so much more sense for him to actually be deaf instead of saying, oh, I can kind of hear because yeah, of the yeah, bells. Yeah. Oh, make him deaf. Get one of the gargoyles to follow him around, which don't really look like gargoyles in this production. That's genius. Now. That is actually genius. Yeah. Though. So the deaf actor's name is John McGinty. Yep. And Jim Hogan sang for him. So I'll play a little bit here and by all means, please go and check out the clip on our socials or on YouTube. It's absolutely beautiful. I can see them <laughs> Every day they shout and scold And go about their lives Heedless of the gift it is to be them If I So, the big question Why didn't this go to Broadway? Yes, why But, like, it? The Little Mermaid went to Broadway. Yes. <laughs> so why not this? Cast is too big. The problem <laughs> is union restrictions because of the choir. So if you 
bring a choir to Broadway. Basically, every actor has to be paid a certain wage on yep. Broadway. And if you've got a 30-piece choir, suddenly your costs go through the ceiling. The but also there's things in um, the union agreements like minimum space for dressing rooms. Right. And there is no Broadway theatre that has enough dressing room space for additional an additional 30 people choir. Because when you think about it, you've got like a fairly normal-sized cast. There's probably about 20-odd 20, 20 people in there. And you're going to bump that up with another 30 people yeah. <laughs> that all need dressing room space, all need money. And, um, and we know from like the high costs of running on Broadway, unless you are absolutely selling out. And like this is why Phantom of the Opera closed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was still selling okay, but the cost of running it was so much more than what they were making. Yeah, they eventually yeah, yeah. had to fold if you were paying an extra 30 actors. I mean, it wouldn't work if you had like a choir of 15. Oh, such you a know. shame. You have to have that big chorale. Oh. So instead they decided to just release the rights because – you know, community theatre companies don't have don't these pay, yeah. restrictions yeah. or these union requirements rather and yeah. it's been rather successful so far and there's actually a production of it I'm going to go and see next month. Next, yeah, that's about. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that, that's why, which I think is really disappointing because I honestly think this is probably the best musical I've seen so far. Best music musical, I reckon. Like the music from it is gorgeous. Yeah. Like gorgeous. I think we, we need to tweak the direction a bit, which is why I want to see this German version. Mm. But I think it's just, I think it's the best one. Oh, yeah. What have we seen? The Lion King. Lion King would be a close second for me. Aladdin. Ugh. Oh, Beauty and the Beast was great. Yeah, I'd say this Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King. And The Lion King are the top three there. Yeah, but this is just absolutely stunning. It's super dark. It's much, much closer to the book by Victor Hugo than the film is. Yeah. Mind you, the film is quite dark and surprised like how fire is in the film. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So any other <laughs> thoughts or feelings? Uh, not really. Let's get stuck into it. Let's jump in. Unlogged planning and organising, three hours of watching, two hours of research, three hours of recording, five hours of editing, and one episode to publish. Don't forget you have to pay your hosting fee, your software platform fee, and your designer fee. And if you want to do any sponsored posts, that's an extra couple of dollars as well. Producing a podcast is fun, but it's a lot of work, and it's not free. Thank you so much to everyone who supports this show by listening to these episodes and a super shout out to all of the Patreons that help keep this show running financially. If you would like to become a Patreon, simply head to patreon.com and search for Dissecting Disney Ditties. There you will find a string of bonus episodes including spotlights on cut songs from your favourite Disney movies and some other random stuff I put up there. This show gets more and more love every time people mention it to their friends. So please spread the word, get comfy, and let's go back to the show. And we are back. Okay, there is a lot of music in this musical and a lot of good music. There's probably only one skip track for me and the rest of it is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, And surprisingly, a lot of it is from... The film, and I do remember when we did the film thinking there was a lot of music in this. And, oh, from memory, I don't think anything was cut from the film, which is cool. 
There That's is a cut cool. song from the film that was put back into the musical that really didn't need to go back oh, in really? there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'll see if you can guess which one it is. So I'm just going to run us through a couple of songs at the start that we are not going to rate because <laughs> they feel, they featured in the um, in the original film, so there's no need for us to rate them again other than say they're even better live. Yes. So the film kicks off with this beautiful um, monk-like uh, chant Monk, yeah, you call them chants, don't you? Yeah. Chants, yeah. Uh, called Olim, which beautifully segues into the main theme being the bells of Notre Dame. Notre Dame. That's soprano hangover that there. Soprano hangover on a top C. That's crazy. It's so fucking cool. Like anytime I've sung along to this, I can hit that, but I cannot. You need so much air up there. I can't sustain it for that long. No. And that control. Oh, I live for it. I live for it. Whoever is singing that, props to you. Props yes. to you. So this number goes for a very long time and includes a lot of exposition from the book that is not in the film. So yep. in this number, we go through the history of uh, what's his name? Claude Frollo. Yep. And his brother, brother. Jeanne. Yeah. His brother, Jeanne. Jeanne. Two orphan brothers were both taken in by the grace of Notre Dame. Claude the older who cared for his brother. Young Jeanne full of beauty and charm. And his brother is kind of like a free-wielding, life is great, baby, let's drink and shag women and live our best life. Come on, you're such a stick in the mud. And then uh, he, as he does in the book, he brings his brother um, a prostitute and says, let's have a great time. And Claude has kind of had enough of him and dobs him in. I don't think he really realises that means his brother's going to be, like, excised from yeah. Paris. Yeah. But um, so Jeanne and oh, I can't remember his, the woman's name. For, I want to say Felicity. It's not, but it's something very close to that. They run away together and many, many years go by. I believe in the book he sends Claude letters being yeah. like, you know, life is great, blah, blah, blah. And Claude eventually goes to find him, finds out that the girl has died years ago um, from pox, I think, yeah. and his brother right. is dying. Yeah. And as his brother's dying, he goes, hey, please look after my deformed child. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he just happens to be just born. Yeah. So. <laughs> 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 she died years ago. Yeah. Here's this newborn child. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and so... I oh, it's a different hall. It's a different, different one. We shagged while I was on my deathbed. Um, so Claude is now faced with this dilemma of like I've got this, you know, unusual Bing. looking baby that I do not want and I can't remember, does he say he's going to drown it in the musical? 
No. He goes to drown it in the book. Wow. Yeah. And then he thinks, no, God will never forgive me. I have to keep it. Mm. Mind you, later on when we burn down half of Paris looking for a gypsy, God, yeah, yeah. God's okay with that. <laughs> but anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, we see him receive uh, Quasimodo. We explain that Quasimodo means half-formed. And Frollo gave the child a name. A cruel name that means half-formed. Quasimodo. And again, Kloppen is leading this, but it's very different to the movie in that Kloppen's more of like a jester in the yes. movie. Yeah. He's a little bit more eccentric than he oh, is okay. in the film. Oh, okay, yeah. Yep. Um, still kind of the leader of the Romani people, still friends with Esmeralda, but just a little more. But hey, hey, hey. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And is that to lighten the movie? Yeah, well, do you all think? the marketing was come and join the Feast of Fools, and it was it was images of Kloppen and oh, his like colorful outfit with okay. the gargoyles throwing streamers. Like that was the whole marketing campaign. Okay. And why it didn't do super well in the film, in yep. the movies, because. Parents would take their kids and be like, what the shit is this? <laughs> Something spectacular. Something extraordinary. Something exciting. Something magical. Because this summer, we're welcoming some very special friends from Disney's newest movie, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Heroic Quasimodo. Beautiful Esmeralda. Brave Phoebus. What a woman. Lovable Hugo. All your favorites from this classic adventure. Your kids can collect all eight characters. A new one each week. One with every great tasting $1.99 Kids Club hamburger meal. Come for the toys. Come for the food. Come for the fun. There's a party going on and you'll want to get in on the excitement. All right, all right. Experience the action and thrills of Disney's The Hunchback of Notre Dame in theaters. And join the celebration. It's big, it's huge, and it's only at Burger King. What I really, really like about the direction in this scene, in this song, is Michael Arden walking out straight and tall and then putting on the Oh, hump. my God. How ridiculously good is that? Oh, it's beautiful. I'm putting on the paint on his face. Like just, oh, that's crazy. I think it's great because it's really, I think it really throws in the face of the audience how different. Do you perceive me now that yes. I look like this? When yeah. moments ago I looked, looked like, like that. Look like that. And I I feel bad as a person watching it and being like, yeah, we you do shift your perspective once you see that. Yeah. And you really shouldn't. And then they sing what makes a monster and what makes a man. You're like, oh god, yeah. I'm a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here is a riddle to guess if you can sing the bells of Notre Dame. What makes a monster and what makes a man? What makes a monster and what makes a man? Sing the bells, 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 This is a stunning, an absolutely stunning masterpiece, and I believe the best Disney song in the entire canon. Mm. What What do you think? Well, it's yeah, it's incredible to see his transition uh, come to life in front of your very eyes. Is crazy. Like his, um, 
the way that he creates the the character right there. Yeah, it's it's basically you know that lump, the hump on the back, the face make it makeup, and then the stance, like his stance. Can you imagine rehearsing that? Oh man, you'd need so much physio. Yeah, yeah, I would hate to be bent over and stooped like that all all show. Yeah, it's crazy. That which I will get to it at the end. Okay. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but um, it's yeah, the, the and the music to follow it to boot. Yeah, you've never like, heard this before. No, that's so amazing, and just. It's it's just like chilling, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it just gives you the chills. It's and every really time good. it's such a well-established motif and it comes mm. back over and over and over again, particularly using the voices of the the gargoyles, inverted commas, and Kloppen, yeah. who is kind of your storyteller but kind of not, like he just kind of appears in key moments. Yeah. Um, and every time it comes back, I'm excited, especially in the end of Act 1. Oh, my goodness, when it comes <laughs> back. But we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. Anyway, so all the characters come out and they're singing bells, 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 and the bells are ringing and it's very cool and you see the big bells come down. And I know That's we're not cool rating too. this song, but I thought I should just explain it because it's quite different to the film in that we get the whole backstory of the brother and we see Kloppen become the the archdeacon. Is he an archdeacon by the end of this? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I feel like he's slightly higher ranked than the film because yeah. in the book, I mean, this, this book is a huge commentary on like mm. the power of the church in within society and especially like when he says, you know, basically fuck the laws of sanctuary, I'm the archdeacon of this church. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. I override it, yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we, see, we see all of that. Anyway, so moving on from there, we get the absolutely stunning – ballad that is out there which is preceded by uh what do we call the song at the start out there you went on and said i can't remember but it's this is the out there sequence you're telling the story (laughs) the world is cruel the world is wicked it's I alone whom you can trust in this whole city. I am your only friend. Remember Quasimodo. This is your sanctuary. My sanctuary. And out there, living in the sun, give me one day out all I ask is one to hold forever out there where they all live on what I give what I dare just to live one day out there There is no female equivalent of this song in the Disney canon. No. I, I don't. Uh, no. Nah. Yeah, I just, oh, I get so jealous when I hear things like this. Guys always <laughs> get the best songs in musicals. Yes, we do. No. Yeah, you do. You bloody do. <laughs> unless unless you're a woman of colour. But as a white chick, there are no roles for me. There are as epic, epic as this. No. Like I can't play Effie. I can't play Seely. And they're probably the two greatest <laughs> female yeah. roles written, you know. Stunning. 
And I find my, Michael mm-hmm. Arden's transition from the way that he speaks quasi into his voice, he does it so seamlessly and it's not like, oh, now we've got the singing voice. It yeah, just kind yeah. of morphs beautifully. And, and he also keeps little aspects. Yeah. You can hear the little, like he's, he's putting little um, inflections of Quasimodo's voice in different different vowels and things like that as well as yeah. he's singing. It's really beautiful. Absolutely It's stunning. very clever, very clever. This was where I had the first problem with the direction, <laughs> the the scene that leads into this. And I was trying to think sanctuary is what we call that first bit Yeah, because it comes up quite a lot, that sanctuary motif. Um, we have this scene with Quasi and Frollo and Quasi is quite obviously um, a simple person. Like he's got a lot of mm. things happening mentally and in the, you know, it sort of talks about that in the book. He's very underdeveloped mentally and he's deaf and, you know, he is obviously, um, he's got physical deformities and yet they kind of, like the audience is laughing at him and his simple responses mm. and I was breaking mm. watching how it's a massive scene of like this is what gaslighting is, people. This yeah, is how yeah. you gaslight someone right. who is, uh, uh, mentally not as capable as you, how easily you can manipulate someone. Yeah. And I think it's so sad to watch from the get-go and yet they're kind of trying to draw comedy out of it, which I don't think is okay. Mm. It's like, oh, look at him. He's stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I do, Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. I think – but I think that's the oh, – well – I don't excuse it at all, and I, I agree with you. I think they're drawing humour in it, but they're trying not to make it too heavy straight up, which I think I believe you're right. That's their downfall. Yeah, you know, because make it real from the start. They don't like, know. Do yeah, it. they go. They swing so hard into the darkness, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, we better do something funny again." Yeah, kind of like actually, there is one song missing from this mm. that. From the film that is not in this. Oh, really? Thank fuck. And it's the same moment where they go, it's too dark. Let's add in this stupid song with fart jokes and Jason Alexander being a <laughs> dumb bitch for three minutes. What is that song called? It's like your your pal um, fucking, oh, we ripped it to pieces. <laughs> <when> we- <laughs> uh, hang on, I've got it here. A guy like you. <laughs> Like Broadway two-step number that comes out of fucking nowhere and all of a sudden we're in like Casino Dice and yeah. it's Jason Alexander yeah. um, playing a gargoyle or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, there's three main <laughs> main gargoyles and he's one of them and he's the comic oh, relief right. that does all the fart jokes and stuff. And uh, They just – the movie would be so much better without Why are them. they so scared? They're just scared, aren't they? It's like, like they're scared to make it real. Um, yeah. Or make it feel real and too early and it's got to be the right time. But well, no, when's you can the right just, time? Just like, present it as straight theatre. You really yeah. can. And, yeah, I just I, – I don't think – I don't find Quasimodo's situation funny at all and I mm. cried multiple times watching this because I feel so, so sorry for how helpless he is the mm. whole way through this. Yeah. And he's he is sweet. He's really sweet. And there are moments where you can kind of Google because he's just being cute. But when – He's being manipulated by yeah. Frollo. I do not find that amusing. Yeah, die Frollo. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So anyway, <laughs> moving on from that, we have yet another song we're not rating, and this is Topsy Turvy. Now this is very different to the film. 
This is where they have the Feast of Fools. They're trying to find the fool. Esmeralda sees Quasi, thinks it might be a mask, says, hey, you can be the king. And normally what would happen is they just laugh at the king. You're the ugliest person in in Paris. Yay. Oh, wow. But instead they realise that's not a mask. He's actually ugly and then it turns really violent. In the film they kind of throw some tomatoes and, Uh. oh, well. It's like a, it's a more Disney-fied version. Oh, this God. is hardcore. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This was really hard to watch. So this is Topsy Turvy. Come on, come on. Leave your looms and milking stools. Hoop the hen and pen the mules. Come on, come on. Close the churches and the schools. It's the day for breaking rules. Come and join the This kicks off. It's a big celebration. It sort of reminded me of the marketplace in Aladdin in terms yeah. of the way they staged it, but this is better. Yeah. Because it moves. Our problem when we when we did Aladdin, when we watched Aladdin, is we felt it was really stagnant. It's like here's the person with the spinny stick again and they're just going <laughs> to kind of walk around in a circle, whereas this is really well <clears throat> choreographed and that things just kind of move and change. And then... We we sort of cut away from this for a moment and we jump into a new song. Hooray! We've got Yay. a new song on the show. And this is the introduction of Phoebus. Now, I would say Phoebus is the biggest difference between the movie and the musical. Okay. In that in the book, Phoebus is an absolute dick. Right. In the movie, he's very lovely and charming and yeah, romantic. Yeah, yeah. And here they've gone mostly towards the way he is in the book. Yeah, right. In the book, he does have a wife. Uh, and his whole thing is he just sleeps around whilst he's got a wife who I want to say she's pregnant, actually. He rests and um, recreation. Yeah. <laughs> and in this we get that he's an absolute wanker. Yes. But there's no mention of the wife. So this is rest and recreation. Four years at the front, give a man a zest for a little rest and recreation. For the chance to hunt, for the spiciest, in the way of rest and recreation. Give me your girls of pleasure, your grapes of Merlot. Show me your wares and measure, one large sample. Sample them at my leisure, this three-day furlough should be ample. It's like Hans of the Southern Isle from Frozen, but better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it is. If for me it, it's the fact he's not going, I'm Phoebus and I'm a fuck muppet. He's <laughs> he's just like, I'm here to shag women and let loose, let's baby. Do it. Yeah. You just Three get day from furlough. The, yeah. <laughs> and we just get, yeah, you're a moron. You yeah. Know? Yeah. What I think this is another point where I think the musical gets stuck. Yeah. They've gone with, you know, Phoebus isn't meant to be like a likable character. He's quite horrible. And in the book it ends with him watching he dobs esmeralda in no he pretends he's dead and lets them take her away and then watches her burn from his balcony and then she thinks he's dead and she's really upset and then esmeralda spots him and calls out his name and he his wife comes to the balcony and they just go inside and don't even watch her die oh. like it's, it's awful right so i feel like the musical is leaning wow. more that way yeah, yeah but then it gets stuck and goes we've still gotta have a love song like, yeah exactly um and which is why the, the love songs do not work for me in this musical because yeah. you've set him up to be an absolute douche. Why would we be on his side? 
And then, yeah, then the kiss and I'm like, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, <laughs> at least build it or yeah. something. The kiss Give us reason to think this. of the, you the, know. The kiss no, is not. in the tavern song yeah, later. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was with you. I was like, I. she does get with him in the book, but it's just a very sexual thing. It's not a romantic thing. And I think they got stuck because they're like, this is a Disney movie. We don't have sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's. Oh, God. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard and study. So what did you give this song? Um, the music for me, I mean, was a bit blah. I, I, I gave it a three. I went middle, middle of the road pretty much with lyrics and uh, music. Music and lyrics? I did lyrics three as well. Oh. Three, three. Staging, I think it's very clever. I, I, I think that they, their set's very clever. Thinking about the scene itself, I think I gave I well, I know I gave it a two. Um, <laughs> and contribution, I think it sets him up to be an asshole really well. Mm. So I give it a four. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think those scores, um yeah, that's where I, what I think of that song anyway. <laughs> I was very, very close to you. I gave yeah. it two and a half for music lyrics and staging. Yeah. And I gave it four for contribution because I think yeah. it does its job. Yeah, 100%. I don't think it's the most exciting song in the world, but it's it does its job. And it really, I feel like for people who know the film, Mark's, this is different. Yeah. This this guy's different. You're not going to love him like you loved him in the film where he just come, kind of swoops in and oh. saves the day. <laughs> Hi, Belle. Oh, wrong yeah. musical. <laughs> I really think they could have added in something about the fact he's married. I really think mm. they could have just nailed it, nailed the coffin shut and been like, yeah, he's an, he's an absolute dick. That. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. That's too real, okay? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm i a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of, fan of the Notre Dame canon and I really like another musical, which I think I mentioned in the, the last episode. You like episode more than one? I really like Notre Dame de Paris, which is a French musical. There is an English recording starring Tina Arena as Esmeralda and she's wonderful. Right. But everything sounds better in French. The yeah, lyrics are yeah, a little yeah. bit naff in English yeah. and in French it's just gorgeous. But they have... His wife in that. Oh, okay. And she basically says, if you love me, you'll kill the Zingera, which is juice. Je t'aimerais si tu me jures. Je t'aimerais si tu me jures. Qu'on la pendra, l'Esmeralda. Qu'on la pendra, la Zingera. So, yeah, that's a little bit. I, I like it. I like that extra layer of tension of like oh. Phoebe's like, but I want to sleep with Esmeralda, but I love my wife. I'm like, what am I going to think? And it really sets up that beautiful triangle of like Quasimodo, Clopper, uh, Quasimodo, Frollo and Phoebus all being in love with Esmeralda in the middle and she kind of doesn't really want any of them. So what, why why, why, why are Europeans not scared to just like delve, delve into that sort of stuff? Like I, I reckon the German... The German version would well, be. Well, so I'm saying the French version hardcore went for it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, why are they not They're not scared. Because Disney. <sighs> Guys, come on, man. Yeah. And I really feel like we so close. I, that's why I want to see the German one because I want to know if they, they maybe did. they had the wife in. I have no idea. I, I really should have looked yeah, further into that. Because um, I know I, I listened to the cast recording yeah. of De Glockner, de, de Glockner von Notre Dame yeah. for many years. 
just wishing I could hear Made of Stone in English. Yeah, right. Watching YouTube dodgy videos of people singing it in like Broadway karaoke bars and be like, I need a recording of this in English. Yeah, yeah. And I will say the German one's better, but we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> okay, so that was Rest and Recreation. Mm-hmm. So Rest and Recreation finishes and then we get the introduction of Esmeralda in the coolest way. This is this is a new song. This was not in the film. This is called Rhythm of the Tambourine. It's similar to how she's introduced in the film and that she comes out in this cool red dress and does this very, very sexy dance for a Disney film with a tambourine. But there's a full song and it's musically so interesting and here it is. girl in France, make an entrance to entrance, dance like Esmeralda, dance! <laughs> <laughs> hey, soldier boy, I see how you stare, hey, butcher man, I see you admire, come gather round, hey, Jacques and I love it. It's so good. It's so interesting. And I, I feel like they have really dug into kind of Roman, Romani culture and the music of those people to mm. try and bring this together. And I, I love it. It's so different. The colour of it as well is just beautiful. Like it's so vast. Mm. That rhythmic, the rhythmic pattern just sets down that the visual that you want as well. Mm. Yeah, like even just listening to it, you can sort of you can picture, you know, what, what's happening. Yeah, and it's so good. It is so good. Yeah, it sounds. So I listened to this cast recording a lot. I'd never watched it before. So yesterday and today, when I watched it, um, was the first time I'd seen this scene, and it looks so much like it did in my head. Yeah, yeah good. I love it. I just think this is so refreshing and new. And Ciara Renee absolutely crushes it. Mm. Just killer performer, killer dancer. And so here we we just see like why she's so uh, enticing and I thought it was so clever mm. that she's dancing with these two red scarves and they're kind of flowing everywhere and then when we go into slow motion she bends down and picks up the two wired scarves. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. she can swing around in slow motion and the scarves so are suspended. So good, yeah, yeah, yeah. So clever. It's so clever. So clever. Bloody love the <laughs> staging of this. Absolutely loved it. So, yeah, it goes into slow motion and I think Frollo sees her and is like, oh, my God, I'm horny as fuck. What do I do about this? Oh. Uh, <laughs> so um, gross. And he also, he spotted... Quasimodo uh, there as well and just as he does in the books he kind of well after this you know we're going to get into the the violent bit of it but just mm. like he does in the books he just turns away and goes oh well your funeral yeah. Um, but yeah this is just so interesting and I love all the instrumentation in it I love all like the the whistles and the tambourines mm. and the percussion and that cool rhythm of would you say it's in three four three four two four mm. Yeah. Or yeah. You wouldn't say it's in six, would you? No. So it's straight. Yeah. Three, two bars of three four, one bar of two four. Yeah. Or a bar of six four and a bar of two four. Yeah. I would I would have I would think that it's uh, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it's definitely in three. Yeah. I would say it's in three just the way that the pattern's broken yeah. up. Yeah. So cool. I love it. What did you give it? Uh, I gave it five for music. Mm-hmm. 
I gave it five for lyrics. Uh-huh. I gave it five for staging. Uh huh. And I gave it three for contribution. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Why for contribution? Uh, I think it builds an adequate amount of interest in the character, um, like develops the character for who she is. But I also feel like we we know who she is anyway. Does that make sense? So contribution moving forward. It's the first time we see her. Well, <laughs> hmm, and as someone who'd never seen the movie <laughs> yeah. before, how did you know who she was? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember now. No, before this, you see the the woman who is clearly her understudy a million times. Yeah, as like the girlfriend of Jayan. Oh, uh, yeah. She's in there, but <laughs> she looks I got like mixed a up. I got mixed up. Her. That's okay. Not it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, well, I don't have to. I could. Oh. No one's holding a gun to your head. No, 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 no. And you don't have to because I think if that's maybe oh, I was asleep. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, then if that's the first time we're seeing her, then yeah. it's a, it's definitely a five. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah flat fives. Beautiful, flat fives. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I seriously got her mixed up. Anyway, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, no, she she's just very clearly her understudy. I love it because you can spot the understudy of Jasmine in Aladdin as well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There you are. That's interesting because I also gave up flat fives. Yay! I think it does a really good job of making her – so beautiful and sexy without without it being tacky yeah. and yet they tread that Disney line so fine. Yeah. But you sort of, you get what makes her different to the other. Because you see other girls dancing and stuff, but there's just something so captivating about her yeah. and her choreography. And I just, I can't get over that scarf moment. I just think it's so clever. And then as we come back into real time, She's just come to the front and two guys take the scarves away and uh, bang her up in real time. Go. Yeah, exactly yeah, right. That was, that was definitely one of the coolest moments for me. That was so cool. It is. It's very cool. There you go. All right. So that's Rhythm of the Tambourine. Whoop, whoop. All right. <laughs> so moving on, we get another bit of topsy-turvy. This is where everything goes really south. They um, tie up Quasi's um, arms and and um sort of pull them out, yep. bring him to his knees. They start throwing things at him and then they just start absolutely laying into him. <clears throat> and he, like he does in the book, spots Frollo and says, help me please, and Frollo just leaves. Turns around it's and goes. It's very, very sad. Yeah. Um, and it's in this scene in the book that they really describe a lot of his um, physical and mental challenges yeah. Like and how he doesn't really understand what's going on and it's really, really sad. Yeah. That book is dense as fuck, by the way. It's as long as Les is. <clears throat> and it spends a lot of time describing the bloody history of every tile in the building. Of oh, Chicago. okay, yeah, okay. Um, But, yeah, no, it's a really, really hard scene. So, yeah, this happens. God, he's hideous. Is that a mask? <laughs> it's his face. It's the devil. It's <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. We're in luck. We asked for the ugliest face in Paris, and we found him, eh? Quasimodo, the hunchback of Notre Dame! Ding! Roll credits. <laughs> I also really like this because it shows that Kloppen is loyal to fucking no one. Yeah. He does not care. Yeah. And he really comes from a place of my people have been 
pushed aside for so long and looked down upon for so long that like, I don't fucking care about anyone else. And I must say, I love all the the smoke bombs. Yes. How so good cool. is it? Yeah, yeah. So cool. Let's um, add the uh, theatrics. Yeah. So Esmeralda then apologizes. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And you see that she's not, you know, she's kind. And she's yeah, and she's not a bitch. Yes. And so then she heads into the cathedral looking for answers to, you know, what the hell is going on with the world and also looking for Cosimodo to apologize because yep. she takes full ownership of that mistake of saying, hey, you should, do you want to be king for a day? She says to him, do you want to be king for a day? And, you know, obviously goes south. So she's there to atone for her sins. Yeah. She walks into Notre Dame. We get this beautiful bit of choral music. So the poor hunchback retreated back in through the doors of Notre Dame. And there followed the gypsy girl who'd never been through the doors of Notre Dame. And she stopped and beheld all the beauty, like a beggar receiving it all. And each window and pillar and arch seemed to fill her with light. The light of I don't think a choir has been used this well since Hans Zimmer's score of The Lion King. Mm. It's just so, and this is why, you have to have the choir. You can't yeah. do the show without the choir. Not at all. It just, it needs to be there. So gorgeous. So then there's this scene between um, Phoebus and Esmeralda where they're just kind of, a, kind of having a sassy, sexy <laughs> fight um, <clears throat> where he's like, you're hot, and she's like, you're hot too. And they're kind of <laughs> – anyway. So, yeah, she gets rid of him and then we get probably the most famous song from the movie because Bette Midler did a recording of it for the credits, God Help the Outcasts. God help the outcasts hungry from birth show them the mercy they don't find on earth god help my people they look to you still god help the outcasts for nobody Now that that's like the most famous bit of the song, right? Like this this chorus. Yeah. But for me, the best part of the song is this bit. I ask for wealth. I ask for fame. I ask for glory to shine on my name. I ask for love. I can Build is 
phenomenal, isn't it's it? It's so good. And it's just a giant fucking mirror for the audience. It's so well written. It's a giant mirror being like, these are all the things that a lot of people ask. I just want to be rich and famous. Yes, and exactly be right. loved. And she's like, I just want to live. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to walk down the street without people spitting on me. Like it's, oh, it's so well written. It's so beautiful. And so was this the first time you'd heard this song? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I've said to you in previous podcasts, I'm very much the musician, the musician in me. So I don't, you know, um, I don't often listen to lyrics or anything like that. Um, I more listen to the way the music moves and, and stuff. Um, like not enough trumpets in this one. <laughs> too, many, too many strings. No, no, no. But in this one, Yes, you, I could hear the lyrics and you could feel the lyrics as well. Mm. Um, and the creativity of the staging and, and things like that was just phenomenal. Oh, I, I love having the so choir good. in those oh, like parapets. Yeah. Is that what you call that? Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're, it's, it's just really staged so beautifully. And then, you know, and I like that they light up those boxes so that they're really seen and so things pretty. like that. It's so good. I am. Um, and I also love the really traditional costuming of the the congregation, I guess. The the people who are singing, I ask for love, I ask for wealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the women have those giant headdresses because your yeah. head was meant to be covered in church. And ah, oh, it's just it's beautiful. The staging, the set I do have an issue with whenever we leave Notre Dame, like leave the cathedral, because I've been to the Notre Dame Cathedral. Yes. Is it has it been rebuilt? Is it I don't think so. Oh, maybe. Uh, no, I'm not sure. I think it's still down. It's yeah, still, right. They're still refer, uh, fixing. Well, the floor does look like a kitchen from the 1960s. Like yeah. it's that black and white tile, yes. which I remember walking and thinking, wow, that was a choice. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think it kind of kills the, the staging a bit of some of these numbers because it's so bright, yeah. like that white tile. Like when you see it in, I don't know, Hellfire or we're out in – in the streets, you just got this kitchen tile. <laughs> I think it's because my mum has something similar. It's not black oh, and okay. white, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. it was more like a beige and black. But it just makes me think of a kitchen. Checkers board or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But, I used to work at a pizza shop called Checkers Pizza and the floors were black and white tile. Like yeah, that. did it take you back there? Yeah. Did time. you smell the dough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> So that's God Help the Outcast. Then the next song, this is Top of the World. Gazing down from the top of the world Suddenly seeing a different city Things look tiny and friendly and fair Seen from the top of the world When you look from high above Everything seems pretty Seeing life from the top of the world Nothing needs fighting and no one needs pity Thanks for giving this moment to me When just for a moment things stop Here at the top of the world little musical inflections like that when they say the words stop and the music stops and everything it's stops. It's onomatopoetic. It's, ah, it is too, yeah. Mm. It's like bang, pop, sizzle. Oh. Yeah. Words that sound like they are. Hacha. 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 
Mm, maybe um, not. <laughs> but yeah, I I like that too. Hmm. Yeah, so this is this is a new song that was written for the musical. And it's it's sweet. I find the music a little bit jarring, mm. but it's sweet. Mm. I wasn't blown away by it at all. I feel like it's something I've it sounds like something I've heard before. And I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what that is. Um, like it's sort of the first half of the phrase yeah. and then the second half of the phrase is a bit different. But, um, yeah, this, it's, it sounds like something else. Something is stirring, shifting ground. It's just begun. Um, yeah, I, I definitely wasn't blown away with it. I think she sings it beautifully. Mm. Um, she's got this really soft, gentle voice. Um and it really works with their interaction on stage. Your thoughts? Sorry, I just went straight into oh, it. Oh, no, then. that's what I want. Oh. Gimme, gimme. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's really sweet and mm. I think it really nicely establishes a friendship between Quasimodo mm. and Esmeralda, mm. which makes the ending hurt more, I think. Yeah. Because she is the she's the first person to just show him plain old kindness. Yes. You know? Yeah. And... She's thanking him for the simplest thing he can offer her, which is a view of Paris. Yeah. Thanks for that, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I just really like that. I think it's really sweet. Yeah. I gave it three for music. Yep. And four for lyric staging and contribution. Okay. Because I think, yeah, the music I find a little bit jarring because it keeps kind of stopping and I don't, I don't really love it. But the staging is good. I think they do a really good job of trying to trying to establish if we're at the top of the cathedral or the bottom, despite the mm. fact the floor is still kitchen tiles. <laughs> uh, it definitely doesn't look like that on the top. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I think they do a good job with the trap door and, and all the kind of um, uh, technique isn't the word I'm looking for. The stagecraft they use to try and establish if we're going up or we're going yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of staging... Um, the creativity of using the pulpit, not pulpits, but the... Those kind of balustrades. Yeah. That's exactly what I was looking for. Um, and then they widen and they even, you know, yeah. it's incredible. And then the stairs, like when he goes through the trap door, comes back down through the stairs, that was obviously a stunt double yeah. that went down the... Because th- they come That's down so, the stairs. so, cool. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, I love this <laughs> a moment. so good. I can't remember when it is, but I feel like Quasi's trying... Oh, they're trying to hide... Quasimodo. Yeah. The gargoyle's saying, Quasimodo, you have to hide so she can't find yes. you. Oh, it's here. Yeah, yeah. And they move the balustrades around so it's like a maze. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's so cool. It's really clever, yeah. really clever. Yeah. Um, in saying that, let's score it. Um, so I gave it a three for music, uh, three for lyrics. I gave it a five because I was actually just blown away by creativity and then yeah. I gave it three for contribution. Yeah, perfect. Beautiful. So after that, we move down to the tavern song. So this is where, it's coming back to the book, this is where Quasimodo, no, I lied. This is where Esmeralda is just partying with her friends. Yep. Phoebus is there. Yep. And and Frollo Frollo is just going for a walk, trying to find her and hears the music, looks into the tavern and sees her having it off with, Fro- uh, with uh, Phoebus, Phoebus. Yep. and a size bitch is going See, down. See, this is where the kiss came out of sort of nowhere. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, it was too. It's just going it was too down. romantic for me. Yeah, you need to be more just like like he's grabbing me and kissing me sort of thing rather than yeah. I'll throw myself at you. Yeah, and like she's. Uh, I mean, she is easy, really right? into no, him. Kidding, she I'm is kidding. really into him, but yeah, she's yeah. just really sexually attracted to him. I don't think she yeah. finds any redeeming qualities in him. Anyway, no, <laughs> that's the, that's the difference between the book and the, the musical. Okay, yeah. so this is the tavern song. Coming from within a tavern called. <laughs> Pretty hot. Yeah, it's, I, I really like this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the rhythmic pattern behind um, behind the music. Mm. Again, they've sort of nailed that sort of gypsy feel, which is great. Um, and put on a lot of put a, a lot of uh, work gotcha. into that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Something gotcha over yeah there. did you have a good yawn over yeah. there? <laughs> Sorry, you're so bored. Um, <laughs> but. Um, I felt like the scene took me back to um, welcome, Monsieur. You know that oh, sort yeah. of like tavern, that tavern sort of feel. Yeah. Welcome, Monsieur. Sit yourself down and meet the best innkeeper in town. But uh, but yeah, I thought I thought they did a really good job with that one. Yeah, I think the staging of this is hot. The curry mm. is so hot. Mm. So what they're actually singing, so this is in a Romani dialect. Oh, there you go. So they're singing Ando Preto Zas, which means into the tavern we go. Tai Mol Pias, which is the name of the song, means and wine we drink. So it's into the tavern we go and wine we drink. Ah, okay. Let's go to the bar, get pissed. Yeah. And then the <laughs> extension of that, which they sing, Aussie like they, they repeat that a few times and then there's two extra lines they sing, which is Amar Love Das, which is our money we give, and then Tai Gilaba, which means and sing. So they're singing into the tavern we go and wine we drink, our money we give and sing. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like Gaston, but sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll keep me warm until morning. Yeah, a little sexier. Come on, let's give Gaston some oh, credits so here. Oh, it's so hot and like just the way they're dancing and the the shape. The curry is so so good. Who yeah. choreographed this? Chase Brock did such a good job. Yeah, such a good job. It's so interesting, especially there's not like heaps of set to play with in terms of like levels or even like set pieces, and. It's hot and I love that Esmeralda comes forward and does her little bit and then some guy just like grabs her by the waist and takes her backwards and yeah, then all of a sudden there's new people. And I just think it's really cool. I love the kind of ethnic instruments that you're getting in there. And, again, we've got really interesting rhythmic choices, which we just don't get in the, no. in the movie. The movie is very like um, American Disney vibes, whereas this sort of leans more into, no, these are – Romani people, let's let's bring in some of that instrumentation yeah, and yeah, some of those yeah. musical elements so it feels a little bit more authentic and it really kind of sets them apart from 
something like topsy turvy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which seems so basic next to stuff like this. Mm. So yeah, this is the um the tavern song. And I gave it four for music and lyrics, five for staging, and four for contribution. Ooh, very similar. Mm. I gave it flat fours. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I just gave you 44. Oh. <laughs> this song wins by 40 Nailed points. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's just it's fun and it's fiery and you you see, yeah, so this is where the kiss happens with Beavis and Butthead. And no, Esmeralda. I think you said Beavis. Beavis. <laughs> Phoebus the fuck Muppet. Um, so Phoebus the butthead. He yep. sing, He kisses her and they run away, pre- presumably to shag off screen. Mm. And Frollo sees it sees and that, just yep. freaks out. Loses like, shit. Nah, can't, yeah. can't have this. That's it. I'm going to find her. I'm going to mislead Phoebus and I'm I'm going to like burn down half of Paris. So before he does that, <laughs> we go back to the cathedral. Yes. And we get the absolutely stunning Heaven's Light. So many times out there I've watched a happy pair of lovers walking in the night. They had a kind of glow around them. Almost look like heaven's light I knew I'd never know That warm and loving glow Though I might wish with all my might No face as hideous as my face Was ever meant for heaven This is why Quasimodo shouldn't be funny every time we mm, have a scene. Mm. This is the heart of Quasimodo. This is him going, I don't deserve to live, basically. Yeah. I don't deserve to be seen. It's so beautiful. It's so sad. And um, Michael Arden does a stunning job. So does the original voice of Quasimodo, whose name mm. has completely left my brain in the film. But I think this is such an overlooked song and it's just so gorgeous. And then it leads into one of the best Disney villain songs of all time, Hellfire. Beata Maria, you know I am a righteous man. Of my virtue I am justly proud. Beata Maria, you know I'm so much purer than the common vulgar weak licentious crowd. Then tell me, Maria, why I see her dancing there, why her smoldering eyes still scorch my soul. I feel her, I see her, the sun caught in her raven hair is blazing in me out of all control. burning desire is turning me to sin. It's so hot. (laughs) And I love that they light the choir red because in the film he's surrounded by all these like red kind of 
priesty spirit things with oh, no faces right. yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. like, we are called it's It is terrifying. And, oh, oh, this song, this song is so good. I love when he's singing, it's not my fault, and they're saying mea culpa, which means through my fault. So they're basically saying it's oh, your fault. It is your fault. It's Idiot. not my fault. It's your fault. Yeah, there's sort of like, God have mercy on me and be us, Mary, forgive me, Maria. I'm just trying to think of all the Latin in here. But, oh, it's, oh. so is this like, you know this song, surely you know this song. No. <laughs> Prior to, to watching it, no. Oh, my God. Mm. Thoughts and feelings. Well, I, I've really, you it's like when I saw, uh, I did, yeah, I did see um, Sweeney Todd and the judge basically over. Yeah, correct. It's that sort of feel. Um, and it's really dark. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it re- I was surprised at the fact that it was actually that dark. So to see this... And hear this, my goodness. And then, when, yeah, when the wire comes in, oh, it's just like, wow. It's so damning. It's so well written. <laughs> and it's in the animated film. That's, That's what's awesome. so insane. Yeah, and this yeah. is beat for beat the same as the film. They haven't changed anything. It's this dark. Who played, who played um, Frollo in the, in the movie? Tony Jay. Tony Jay. No, but his voice is just amazing. And I'm guessing, obviously, um, he has the same sort of voice. Yeah, it's very, very similar. Mm. Yeah, that's why it's one of the best songs. It's great. It's still great. And you would think that's the end of Act 1, but no. No, there's more. Wait, there's more. There is this epic, like, (laughs) 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 Hamilton-style accumulation of all (laughs) of the themes we've heard in Act 1 in one magnificent masterpiece called Esmeralda. What have I done for Esmeralda? Why did I hear her words inside my head? And still I think of Esmeralda With my career and body left for dead Out there somewhere she is Somewhere she is Reminds me of how they finish um, 
the the end of Frozen with colder by the minute, and you know Elsa mm. is trying to find us, and Anna's trying to find her sister, and everyone's singing over the top of each other, and everyone's wondering where everyone is, and all the it's, polyrhythms and stuff. Yeah, like that. Oh, so it's good. just and all the melodies just laying on yes, top of each other, and so good. Oh fuck, this does it so well as well. I oh, so good, <laughs> but that. Oh, that note just cutting through. I love it. I love. I love. This. I can't tell. It's so good. It was like watching a scene from Harry when Harry met Sally. You know the one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't. I can't handle it. It's just so good. And yeah. just when you think it's over, it's like oh, it's just it like the next bit comes in, and yeah. you know when it pulls, it gets so big. And then it pulls back for Quasimodo and there he is by himself. He's just by himself. He's not in a mob and then boom, Everyone's the mob back. comes back in and then they're all yelling over each other and, oh, I love it. I love it. And they're all, I just love that like he's like, I want to shag Esmeralda and he's like, I want to kill Esmeralda and he's like, I just want Esmeralda to be my friend. And then, <laughs> it's just, it's so good. Yeah. And in this whole song she doesn't sing. It's so it's, yeah, it's, it's so strange, good. isn't it? No. It reminds me a lot of in Notre Dame de Paris. There is this beautiful song that's between, um, I think it is Phoebus Quasi and Frollo called Belle, and yeah. it's it's the same sort of thing. Like they all just are so obsessed with her. It's not as epic. It's much more like the three tenors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's it's the same sort of thing. I just love this triangle. You can see why that's the, but you can see why it's the finale of Act One as yeah. well. It's just like it goes and goes and goes, but it's so interesting the layers that they, that it plays, you know, that it has. Yeah, and it really suspends. Like, how is this going to end for her? Yeah, yeah. Like one wants to run away with her, one wants to hide her, and one wants to kill her. And either way, none of these options really sound. Because all she wants yeah. is free. Yeah, she, she wants exactly. to be free. And, exactly. You know, she wants her people to be okay. I love it when um, Frollo says to her, you know, do you deny black magic? And she says, if I had magic, don't you think I would be using it to help my people? Yeah, okay, okay I get my it. Good fucking point. Oh, well, uh, good fucking point. Yeah. So obviously I gave this flat fives. Yeah. If I could give it tens, I'd give it tens. I love it. Yeah, I gave it flat fives. Yeah! <laughs> Oh, God. It's just so magnificent. <laughs> and, like, the choir's singing and then we finish it's with epic. the bells of Notre Dame. And, yeah, thank you very that, much. That gives me, like, that puts epic into a visual um, and oral, yeah. you know, And I like that it me. finishes, like, the first bells of Notre Dame where he's swinging on the rope of the bells and, boom, blackout. Yes. Oh, so good. It's so good. That's the other thing about the set. Those when those bells come down, it's epic. It's yeah. just awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yep. I'm I'm really sad that it, you know it hasn't been done professionally and for reasons obviously, like mm. in Australia or you know things like that. But you know, so expensive. I yeah. can't imagine. I can't imagine. So 
Yeah. It needs like an arena mm. version or something, like just something yeah. where you can pull in a 100. Like it's kind of they did chess in yep. concert. Like just pull in a 100-piece choir and smash it out of the park. Yeah, big time. Yeah, it needs that. It's, oh, it's, but, oh, it's just Yeah, it is. It's epic. We move on to Act 2 and we've got this incredible contract. Now I'm going to come back to this, but in the German version – how do I want to put this? The end of this entract finishes with this gorgeous version of Someday in Latin and in the German version that arrangement, not in Latin, but that musical arrangement is actually in Someday. Oh, okay. So when we get to Someday I'll pull it out. Um, but, yeah, this is the entract. It's very, very cool. It's all in Latin and it's all the main themes from the show. So it's very cool. It's very epic and I love it. Uh, but I prefer it in the German version where it goes, which I will get to when we get there in the English version. Yeah. So that's really cool. And then we get this really strange song. Uh, there's kind of this plot through line where Quasimodo keeps forgetting the name of a saint, which honestly I can't remember his name. St. Augustine or something. It's a saint who was kind beheaded of, yeah, and there's – uh, there's a stained glass window of him holding his own head, looking all Jesus-like. And the, for some reason, this is the first song that we get in Act 2. Saint Aphrodisius, the Bishop of Bezir, I was beheaded by a mob in Plos Sincere. And though I made a choice I did not know would bring my grisly martyring, I wouldn't change a thing. For I kept safe and free The Holy Family On their flight into Egypt Land of the date and palm I offered shelter To her who is Notre Dame <sighs> I don't know. For me, it sounds like it's from Prince of, Prince of Egypt and doesn't belong in this show. Yeah. Or like, I mean, it's better than that weird Egyptian song in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Puke Coat. We are down to our very last sheep. But it's it's strange. Yeah, it doesn't fit the mould like it does, of this show. I feel like opinion. it's we had to get rid of a guy like yo, and this is what they put instead. <laughs> Maybe. This? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> like I am. Like I feel like we're in a similar part of the, the show. 
And they went, instead of that, we'll just <sighs> put this in. And I don't know. I, yeah, it's kind of killer, isn't it? I was like, let's get back to it. Like I yeah, want to know yeah. what happens. We finished yeah. on such a... Intense. We was we're mm. on fire at the end of Act One. We've come back like, what's going to happen? And instead, we're like, they've lied it. Oh, fucking get on with it. What's going on with Esmeralda? Like, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, there's not there's not much to say about this. The the saint is holding his head, and he keeps like beheading himself. And are we scoring it? And then yeah, we're scoring it. Because uh, you didn't have that on the list, so yeah, no. I didn't score it. But I'll, right. I can Follow give you scores. Lead. Follow my lead. Yep. So I gave it two and a half for music and lyrics. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> I gave it two for staging. Mate, you've got you've got me down pat. Yep, keep going. And then one for contribution because we didn't need it. Yep. My God, do we have identical scores? Identical now. Oh my God. I mean, earlier what? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's 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 like <laughs> it's it's almost like you just sat there and copied my scores. I, <laughs> <laughs> I do remember it, um, and I remember it. Um, it's the one with the coat hanger trick where they put yeah their, they drop their head down and stuff like that. Uh, look, <clears throat> clever idea to have on stage, but bit of a. Shit show. Like, why Why would you do it? I just, you know I, I mean? really wanted to get back into the meat of yeah, the show. Yeah, I didn't have time the for this. the whole thing. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. Anyway, yep. I, I, I suppose they're trying to show why Quasimodo sort of thinks that he needs to save and, you know, love and all that sort of stuff. Um, I don't have a clue what I'm talking about, but that's fine. Yeah. It's just shit. I think we'd be fine without it. If it was missing, yeah. no if it one wasn't would notice. There, yeah. if, I don't know why you gave it a one for contribution. Yeah, I'm changing it to zero. zero. Does Done. that mean I change yours yes, to zero? Yes, thank you. <laughs> so then we get back to, back to the story, back to the program we were watching. We get the Court of Miracles. So this is in the movie. So uh, Quasimodo has got Esmeralda. Or Esmeralda got no. Esmeralda's got Quasi. The two of them. I can't remember who's rescuing who here. What? The who's rescuing hell? who here? Uh. Oh, that's right. Phoebus is injured, so she takes him up to the tower, and then. That's right. Oh, and she gives him the map. That's right, the woven map of yes. Paris. Yes. And Quasi's like, look, it's a map. Yeah. Um, I which, worked it out. <laughs> and I'm like, well I couldn't I couldn't work that out. No, I'm <laughs> no, sure my no. IQ's much higher. Um, it's and the so he and Phoebus work out where the Romani hideout is, go down to rescue Esmeralda, but instead they face Kloppen, Mr. I'm loyal to nobody, I don't care who you're friends with, and they string him up, baby, and sing the Court of Miracles. Welcome to the Court of Miracles. You're very clever to have found our little hideaway. Too bad you won't live to talk about it. Maybe you've heard of a terrible place where the scoundrels of Paris collect in a lair. Maybe you've heard of that mythical place called the Court of Miracles. The Court of Miracles. Brother, you're there. Where the lame can walk. And the blind can see But the dead don't talk So you won't be around to reveal what you found It's a miracle If you get out alive Because that dude is unfucking hinged Yeah It's <laughs> unhinged So Esmeralda's like, no, wait, they're friends of mine You can't kill them And they're like, oh, okay And so they decide, because the Romani people are travellers 
they are going to move on. They don't feel safe there anymore, fair enough, because a uh, bloody Frollo just burnt down half the city looking for one of them. So uh, Kloppen says to Esmeralda, like, you've got to make a choice. Are you going to stay? Are you going to leave? And she's like, I can't leave because for some reason I'm attached to this fuck Muppet over here. So <laughs> this is this is where they reinserted a cut song from the film. Now, oh. in the film, Phoebus and Esmeralda have a much more gentle, loving, romantic, disney relationship. All good. In this, they don't, oh, right? Yeah. Yep. In this, he's he's an idiot. He clearly just wants to shag her and she's kind of like, yeah, you're hot. But then they put the love song in, mm. which to me made absolutely no, no sense. sense. So this is in a place of miracles originally written for the animated feature, cut from that and put into the musical. Though our lives are tattered and torn, all I'm feeling now is reborn. I must be in a place of miracles Where the blind can see In a place of miracles A miracle you've brought to me The soldier and the gypsy Locked in an embrace In a place I'm so bored. Mm. Uh, I I don't get how this can really be his, I'm a new man now because I've seen you yeah. rescue me. It doesn't make sense and it sort of comes out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then they sit there in that like West Side Story pose, which looks so <laughs> awkward, by the way. Um, I don't think it's the same when you're kneeling down. It's just she her head was not right. Um yeah, I, and it goes for like it's like a three and a half minute song. It, I just didn't need it. Yeah, yeah, no, I just don't think Esmeralda would be as besotted by him as she is. What did you score it? Two. Yep. For music. Mm-hmm. Three for lyric. Mm-hmm. Three for staging, and a two for contribution. But in saying that, I would be happy to put a zero or a one. It's just it shouldn't be a contribution to this show. <laughs> so do you want a two, a zero, or a one? Mm, let's put a zero in there. A zero. Yeah, right. Um, I gave it two for music, one and a half for lyrics because I think it's so naff. Yeah. Two for staging. I gave it one for contribution um, purely because if they're really tr- – they're trying so hard to steer this a little bit into the – but they're in love – because they haven't gone down there, he's going to go back to his wife and watch her burn track. So I see what yeah, they're trying yeah, yeah. to do, but I think it just doesn't work within the context of everything that's gone before it where we've seen him just being absolute fuck Muppet. Yeah. Um, that's my word of the day. Uh, yes, it is. I don't think it, it deserves this. And his turning point is literally she rescued him from being hung by, you know, the mob. I don't know. I just, yeah. I think it's a boring and I also think it's just a boring song. Uh, so a decree is put out by Frollo that we got to find this girl and bring her to justice. He accuses her of witchcraft, which was a really easy way to get women hung back in the day, especially if you are the head of a church. And uh, the uh, the kind of like Greek chorus, of which is the gargoyles, basically explain that Esmeralda 
is going to be put to death. Mm. Uh, here's a little bit of it. Now as the wood for a pyre was laid in the square at Notre Dame. There came some there who sought entertainment and some who wished old gypsies harm. For the roller was growing, a gypsy was going to so dark and we're still using the bells of notre dame theme but to say uh, a rumor was growing a gypsy was going to burn and the at the dawn the next dawn mm. in notre dame uh i i really like how dark this is because this was sport you know we loved seeing people hung or beheaded or burnt alive yeah, yeah. um yeah. and so this is sort of like sinister vibe i i just think it's it's great anyway so moving on that's really short so we're not rating it um because it's kind of a um here's a bit of plot moving on yeah that's right so then we get someday now i nearly rated this because technically this is a cut song from the film however i want to say all for one some boy band recorded it and put they put it over the credits of the The movie. So it was originally meant to be in the movie. They cut it and then they made it the pop single from the film. Right. So this and God Help the Outcast are the two most famous songs and people don't realise this is never actually sung in the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is a this is a contextualised version. Now I'm going to play you the the American version of it and then I'm going to play you the German version. Okay. All right, here we go. Someday life will be fair. Life will be fair. Typical Broadway Disney ballad, right? Now, this is the German version from Die Glockner von Notre Dame. It's called Einmal. And have a listen to the same bit in the song.
Now, oh, I get all chilly. Now, they have cut and pasted that and kind of finished it in the on track. So this is that same thing. Uh, it's in the on track of the American version. You could see it's the exact same music arrangement except they've put like a finish on it. And whilst I think, yeah, it's great it's still there, I think it holds so much more weight being behind Esmeralda when she sings that. So instead of it being a bloody love duet between her and Fuck Muppet, it's, it's that like... You feel the weight of her people behind her Mm. with that and people just like crying for peace and equality. And I think if you talk it, you put it in the on-track, people talk over the on-track, people are finding their seats in the on-track. I get it's the end of the on-track so people should be settled but I feel like people aren't paying as much attention as they would be if if it was was behind her, even if it was still in Latin. Like Mm. that's obviously in Latin, the other version is in German. But even if they sang behind her in Latin while she sang in English, I think that would be magical. Yeah. But instead it's just Heron and Phoebus, which I found really underwhelming the first time I heard it because, again, me and my friend Steve, who were obsessed with De Glockner, were waiting for Someday and Made of Stone. They were the two songs that we just yep. thought were epic. And we were so disappointed because we skipped to Someday. We went, what? 
where is the choir that oh. we found out later in the on track? Because they drip fed this as well. They only release right. certain tracks at the oh, start. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so we were like, where is that amazing choral arrangement? And then I remember ringing Steve saying, it's in the on track. And we are like, oh, that's cool, but like. Yeah, they missed the boat there. So they do that and then they naturally follow it with flight to Egypt. (laughs) (laughs) So Naturally, uh, (laughs) of course. Let's just take the piss. We're not rating that because I was like, oh, everyone kind of knows that song from the film, even though it wasn't in the film. Yeah. So then we have this very brief moment where the um the Greek chorus explains what's going on, when the city slumbered. The city slumbered, Quasimodo sat awake as the night crept pitilessly onward. Okay, so we get into the best song uh, that I think has been added to this, which is Made of Stone. Now, I was obsessed with this in German for a long, long time. And I remember being at university. I studied a musical theatre degree and I attended... uh, that course with Joel Parnas, who now is making quite a name for him, himself as a musical theatre star in Germany, funny enough. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and I remember him bringing this in, but he sang it in English because you could find like 54 below versions of this in English so you could write out the lyrics. Yeah. And he sang it and I just remember him hitting the last note and I just felt a tear rolled down my face because I was so overwhelmed by what I was hearing. This is such a magnificent sing. So I'm going to play you the American version and then I'm going to play you the German version, just show you why I was so disappointed by the ending. But Michael Arden does sing the absolute bejesus out of this. This is Made of Stone. What do you know of me? What do you know of all the things I feel? You're only made of stone. Who is it that you see? Instead of seeing what I am for real, this twisted flesh and bone, you're a liar. With every new excuse you try out, you only make me want to cry out. Would that I were made of stone like you? You don't mean that! Just take some time to give such good advice. So why has not one single word you've said been any help at all? And you who sound so nice, the more your dreams and fancies fill my head, the farther that I fall, shut my brain down. If I was senseless, I'd prefer it. Another gargoyle on this turret, spitting rain down to the stone's So then he um, offends the gargoyles and they leave him alone. So then we jump, I'm going to jump forward to the end of this song. So this is quite magnificent. This is how it ends in the American version. And now I'm on my own. Never again to wonder what's out there. Let it remain unknown. And my one human eye will ever more be dry until the day I
Now, quite epic, quite an epic ending. Yeah. And if you'd never heard the song before, you'd be like, that's amazing. What a finish. But now picture me and Steve who have spent years listening to this recording and how we felt about that ending after we were so used to this one. Jetzt bin ich ganz allein und das da draußen geht mich nichts mehr an. Ich schließe die Sehnsucht ein, vergessen was geschah, nie mehr den Tränen nach, im Grunde nicht mehr da. I think it's just so hard because we were as if I were made of stone. So when we heard the <clears throat> English recording, we had as if I were made of stone. It's still epic, but yeah. Oh, I was so disappointed. Mm. I was like, Michael, you've done such a great job. What's with the opt down? What's with the opt down? I reckon he could have done it. I reckon yeah. he could have done it. I think he was giving himself out. Yeah. He's <laughs> just like, if I record it this way, they're going to respect it yeah, every that's shot. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that happens and then we hit the finale so this ends different to the film in the film Quasimodo has that amazing sanctuary moment which is still musically one of my favorite parts of the score the lava down onto the, yes. the guards trying to everyone's you know, attacking anyway, yeah. him. It's beautiful. Um, and then he swings down on the longest piece of rope known to man <laughs> from the top <laughs> of the bell tower down to and he rescues Esmeralda. He grabs her, he rescues her, takes her back to the tower. They all live happily ever after the end. However, this is closer to the book where he fl- swings down but he's too late and she's gone yep. and she dies. The only difference being Phoebus is yeah. <laughs> redeemed in this one. But he he flies down, she dies, Frollo comes up to the top and as he does in the book, Cosmodo picks him up and chucks him off the top of Notre Dame, which is a beautiful ending. But what is really sad is then the book says that Quasimodo was eventually found holding the body of Esmeralda and when he was found they touched him and the two bodies turned to dust. So he died holding her. Yeah. Um, And I found this scene, I was crying when I watched this because that's like his only friend in the world. He's realised Frollo was evil and manipulative and that's his only friend. He's got nothing now. Like the whole town hates him. Mm. You know, he's caused this big scene. Everyone's probably going to want to kill him and she's died and she's the only bit of love and kindness he's ever known. It's so incredibly sad and Michael Arden does a sensational job of that final scene. Mm. Now they don't say Quasimodo died. They don't let it get that far. Instead Esmeralda kind of leaves and they have this incredible moment 
of the gargoyles coming forward, painting their faces Correct. and forming these like deformed kind of strange poses. Yes. And you see because the, the gargoyles aren't real, right? And I thought they were meant to be the bells because every time they speak, the bells ring. Oh, yeah, right, okay. But then made of stone, bells are not made of stone. No. Um, but that would be d- it's <laughs> d- <laughs> <laughs> um, but seeing that he turns around and he sees them and they all look like him. Mm. And I think it's so heartbreaking because it's like, well, this is all you've got now is the people in your head and we're going to be like you now so you can see yourself and other people. Yeah. Gorgeous bit of direction. Gorgeous. I think – I think Scott Schwartz did a really good job if he just cut out the the American necessity for humor, yeah, and just stuck to really kind of avant garde moments like that. It would be perfect. Yeah, it would be absolutely perfect. Um, but yeah, and that's that's the end of the show. Except we haven't scored. <gasps> oh, made of stone. <laughs> Sorry, what did you give it? And I will not accept anything except. Uh, No, I didn't. You didn't? No. What? Contribution. What did you, why? What? I didn't need it. You didn't need it? No. Why didn't you need it? I didn't really need need that. I mean, like, I'm kidding, man. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a killer song. As if, as if. There's no way. I was like, tell me what I need to fight you on to change your mind. Like I was not going down. I will die on this hill. I will die on this hill. I actually gave it flat twos. Um, (laughs) Bit of an underwhelming moment, really. Um, But again, where are the female, like maybe defying gravity, maybe. Mm. But this is so, like defying gravity is very poptastic, right? This is interesting. This is musically interesting. I, oh, it's just so good. It's so good. And so many people don't know about the existence of this song and it blows my mind because it's mm. so amazing. Mm. So that's that's the show. That's the show. So what did you think of it, having, you know, uh, never read it or watched it? I loved it. I thought I mean, if there was one word that I would use, I've used it already, is epic. Mm. It's it's very epic. Um, now that I've heard so much more about the German version, I'm sort of like, oh, I wonder what that's like. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because you're saying there's a l- some really nice stuff in it um, and you haven't seen how some of it happens either. So, you know, hopefully one day we'll find that that footage. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just beautiful. And I thought, you know, even down to those moments of when he's just turning into the hunchback and um, – yeah, it's just beautiful. And at the yeah. end, I should say, yeah, so instead of dying, he stands up and takes off the hump, takes off the kind of capey, cloaky thing he's got, yeah. got on and just walks forward and they sing, who is the monster and who is the man? I think it's a it's a really nice, beautiful ensemble ending. Out, out come the three other people who went on stage and they all sing together. And, yeah, it was gorgeous. Um, yeah, Great ending. You Great should ending. go. You should go and watch the animated film, though. It's not as dark, yeah. but it is still very dark for a Disney movie, and it's still beautiful. And you still get that score, that amazing score. Yeah. Um. Okay. So beautiful. Huh. I think we had a few, <laughs> few flat fives in here. We did. We had three. three. Oh my goodness. So we had the rhythm of the tambourine. We had. Esmeralda, the closing of Act One, and we had Made of Stone. And in terms, if I added an epic score, I'd still give five to Made of Stone and Esmeralda. Like, yeah, 
yeah, there's sometimes just no way to split them. They are equally magnificent. I guess the only thing you could say is Esmeralda is technically a mashup. Yeah. <laughs> a mashup, y'all. A Made of Stone is an original, <laughs> you know, song that that shares. Uh, it's kind of like a remix of the Sanctuary theme, I think. But otherwise, it's its own. It's its own thing. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Well. Any final thoughts or feelings? Uh, no, but thank you for allowing me to join you again. Always uh, a pleasure. It is always a pleasure to be here. As always, you've shown me a new musical. Not as always, but you've shown me a new musical and it's good um, and I really enjoyed it. So thank Awesome. You. Well, thank mm. you for having it's for being on board. Uh, I look forward to the next episode, which I have prepared but I won't announce it in case things what? change because it was meant to be like three episodes ago and we just keep moving it uh, um, but it will be a brand new guest which ooh. is exciting a new voice new lovely male female female voice female mm. but until then thank you so much a huge shout out to my patreons for donating <laughs> including you <laughs> for um, donating some funds to allow me to to be able to pay for all the subscriptions I have to keep alive for this show and also for just, you know, supporting it in general. Uh, thanks for listening. Tell your friends the best way to spread the word is just ask your friends what is the best Disney song. Until then, I'm Stackers. And I'm Jenta. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Morning in Paris, a new day appears. Sing the bell of Notre Dame Ending the tale of your poor balladeers and the bells of Notre Dame And we wish we could leave you a moral Like a trinket you hold in your palm But here is a riddle to guess if you can't sing the bell